Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, and we are joined also with, by Scott Hetherington, our member of our elder team and our speaker from Sunday. And Scott, you spoke on growing spiritually, which is the third <laughs> letter of our legs what is that uh, acronym, which is our family values, kind of what we identify people and um, staff members and anybody who comes through Arbor, that's what we're uh, looking to build and develop. So Scott, let's hop in straight to your message. What was the main point or, or focus besides growing spiritually of your message? What was the main point? Like kind of made me think of the planes, trains, and automobiles. When you tell a joke or a story, it should have a point. So what was your point, Scott? What was the point of it? What was the point? I wasn't really listening. I was also thinking it's like a quiz Well, show. the point was grow spiritually. Grow spiritually. There we it's go. a good thing. You um, ought to do that. I think that. I think what you're asking is that what I wanted to do with this is I've – talked about growing spiritually lots of times with like, here's five things to do. Here's a great acronym. Here's 10 things that are essential. And like I said, if you Google it, you're going to find all of that online. And as I looked at some of those, it just didn't resonate with me. Mm. And maybe it's because I'm living a lot in the feeling quadrant right now with everything that we're going through with school and stuff. And it's like, what is the heart of growing spiritually? What does that encapsulate? And so I started looking around and somehow I ended up in Hebrews 5 and reading about Jesus as the high priest and looking at some of the key words in there. And I don't even know really what led me there. I just ended up there. Well, it must have been the Holy Spirit, I Holy guess. Spirit. And it just kind of formulated from there. I don't know if it came out as you know clear as I wanted it to, but my intention was, what's the heart to ensure that we continue to grow spiritually? Not that we don't mm. know how, but why and how do we make we, we ensure that we continue to do that? That's what I was going for. Okay. I felt like from the outset looking at um, the five weeks that we had for this series and um, just knowing where we would land based off of the family values, I felt like this week um, growing grow spiritually was going to be the most challenging when you look at they're not the results of the other four can be very uh, quantified and you can say, you know, give generously, really easy to know. Am I giving generously? Sure. There's some vagueness and some nuance to it, but you look at all of them and the one where it says grow spiritually is okay. Well, should I measure that? How could I measure that? Um, how am I doing with that? Or, you know, can I look at my time from when I first came to Arbor to now, have I grown spiritually? Isn't as simple as just saying, yeah, I've dropped in my, you know, my tithe or I've served on a team every single week or X, Y, or Z. So I, when I knew that we were going to be going through this one, I thought this is going to be a challenge. And uh, I really appreciate that you took it, Scott. I don't know if you took it or if it was thrust upon you. No, I, I that's a, that's part of what my thinking was. And I didn't get to get into it in my sermon so much, but I I went to things like I was thinking about how to not forsake, how to yeah. not quit assembling together, how to not... Because when when growing spiritually comes down to a list of to dos, I'm this is yep. a lot just from my youth pastor experience and kids getting discouraged. Well, I'm, I haven't been in the Word consistently. I don't feel like I'm praying every day like I should. Well, what does like I should mean? And mm. you begin to feel like I'm you're not living up to the standard, so you just push the standard away and you just keep on trying to do the best you can with nothing. 
and just keep on, you know, moving forward, but you're you're not you're not filling yourself. What I wanted to try to get to was there's more than just the to-do, there's a heart. And if you truly have the heart of Jesus and connecting with Jesus and you build relationship with him, you make it about that, that's going to get you through those stormy seasons and those dry deserts and those times where you feel like you're not growing. But the growth is really, what are you learning in the desert? What are you learning in the storm with Jesus? Because that's what Jesus learned and that's what he walked through. And that's what we have to experience in our growth as well. Mm. I hope that builds more resiliency and sustainability. Oh, and I was so glad you took that tact instead of the, here's the five happy ways to, you (laughs) know, hop towards. (laughs) Seven key ways to grow spiritually. It just didn't resonate with me right now. Well, and how many times have we heard the the formulaic kind of sermon on that Mm -hmm. topic? And I think that we all know that up here. And yet the issue isn't so much up here. It's like here, right? Mm. And I love that you approached it that way. And that's what I'm hoping to do with uh, next week. I'm up for talking about Mm. giving generously. And so that, again, you don't want to get into like the little check box thing about like, oh, yes, check that box. I'm Mm -hmm. doing a great job there. You want it more like... Has it affected your heart at all? <laughs> you mm. know, like where's yeah, and your does, motivation? And, and when you think of the formula thing, I don't know what you asked, but does it ever lead to like being more of a critique of yourself and more of a comparison of others that, oh, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. And we get stuck in this, am I doing enough rather than mm. am I truly being what spiritual growth is with Christ? And right. mm. maybe think of the Pharisees. I mean, they did all the right things. Oh, but had no growth. And, and that's, their heart I think, was far from the Lord. Yes, and that's that verse where it says, depart from me, I know you not. It's mm-hmm. not that you didn't do some of the right things, but was your heart in relationship with God. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I think our background in youth ministry, I mean, how many teenagers or young adults have come to you and just been like ashamed yeah. <laughs> that yeah. they haven't done their journaling every morning or right. their Bible time, their quiet time. Yeah. It's like, it carries such shame for them. And it's like, mm. oh, actually, you know what? You don't have to live under that. Uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you get to come yeah. to him. You, right. you don't have to do yeah. it every morning at six o'clock. So right. I don't yeah. know. So There's a lot of undoing to teach. There, so that was a lot of what was going through my head is how yeah. I preached it in the past, how I taught in the past. And coming into it this time, I really wanted to come, try to come from a different angle. Um, one of the things that we talked about when we were developing this series was we wanted it to, each week and everything that we're teaching, we wanted it to be beneficial to the listener. And then we also wanted it to be beneficial to their community, to the church, to all those things. And I, when I think of Grow Spiritually, I see a lot of benefit to your relationship with Jesus and your personal life and how you would change. But I'm curious um, if, if you'd like to answer this, Scott, how does growing spiritually then impact the community that you find yourself in your, your family, your friends, or even the church that you attend? What is that? What are some of the effects that growing spiritually does to those areas? Um, I mean, I think that's the whole intent. It goes back to the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mm-hmm. and mind. And then the very next thing is love your neighbor. Mm. I don't think we can fully love our neighbors, serve our community, be Christ-like in the roles that he places us in if we're not growing spiritually. So that's why I went 
to Philippians 2, mm-hmm. where it's not about you. It, it is about your growth in Christ yeah. and getting to know him, but for the reason that his glory will come through you in a thousand different ways with people you're around, sometimes by your actions, sometimes just by your presence, sometimes specifically by your words. And, you know, in the role that I'm in, I'm always trying to find ways that what spiritually am I needing to learn and take into this position or role that I'm doing? Because for me, at the end of the day, while everything I do may not lead somebody to Christ, I hope it shows them Christ. Mm. Because in the end, it's God's work to bring people to him. It's our job to live out Christ. So you can't live out Christ in whatever role he gives you if you're not growing spiritually in him, because then you're just living on your own efforts. And to me, Mm. that turns to fumes and vapors really quick. Yeah, It depletes much. I mean, I can do a lot on my own, but it sure gets fatiguing more than when I begin to give it to God and say, please guide me and live through me today. Mm. And I don't do it perfectly all the time, but (laughs) I found it those days that, you know, yeah. So, well, I think that's allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of be unleashed in your life and to be ready to answer um, like the people in your life, like the the things that come out of your mouth seem to be his words, not yours as much, right. or that your heart is his or your perspective is his um, because you're being conformed to the likeness of Christ, right? So Yeah, and that's the producing of the fruit. Yeah. Some people think that fruit is like sell, people are getting saved all the time because of yeah. what you're doing, and that's the ultimate goal of what we want. Yeah. But producing fruit is the fruits of the Spirit that people see living out in you. Mm-hmm. And when they ask why, you have an opportunity to share, well, here's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Amanda had sent that question in earlier about how it affects, how this growing spiritually affects a community yeah. here at Arbor specifically. So I had time to think about that, and I thought about, wouldn't it be great if everybody here was growing spiritually to the degree that we did conflict resolution really good, Mm -hmm. and like peacemaking really well, and um, we deferred, like we, we deferred one to another and like elevated the marginalized, and like just all these things would just leak out of us. Um, I thought how you know, vibrant a community that would yeah. be. Well, it, yeah, because it reminds me of Acts when I think in that, that beginning of the church era, they were doing things so, you know, off the charts never seen before, mm-hmm. and people were coming to them. Yeah. Because I truly believe that when you are growing spiritually in your relationship with God and he's able to live through you more, people are going to be attracted to that and repelled by it both. Mm. But that to me is like a litmus test of are people coming to find out more or trusting you more or seeking you out more mm. because they sense something's there and it's a reminder that it's not about me, it's what God is doing through me. Mm. And that to me is the ultimate goal of what we're trying to do with our community. We want to be able to go to people and find out how we can serve them and then provide them something that is uniquely more fulfilling than anything they've experienced, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm. And we hope that they wouldn't be repelled by our invitation to come to our church because of knowing us. Right. They would be like, actually, yes, I want more of what you have. And yeah. instead of like, eh, no, that's all right. I <laughs> do not want to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> like the things I see in your life yeah. are was it not so magnetic. The old group. Do you remember the old group DC Talk way yeah. back? I'm going oh, way yeah. back. Is yeah. it Toby? What's the guy's 
Toby Mac. Toby Mac. Toby Mac. Out of there? Yeah. Toby Mac said once at a concert, I remember I was there with my youth group. I think it was actually at Overlake <laughs> yeah, back sure, in the day. Yeah. But he said something. He said, You want to know why most people aren't in church or becoming Christians? He goes, It's because they know Christians. Yeah. I was like, if when he said that, I'm like, whoa, dude, come on, don't be saying that to all our youth kids. But then he went <laughs> yeah. on to explain. He goes, Are you living in a way that invites people in to find out more mm. or like pushes people away. And that goes back to the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. They were thought they were doing the right things, but it's actually creating barriers. Mm. So for me, it tied back into live invitationally, engage yes. intentionally. But while you're doing that, you better be growing spiritually or you're going to be doing it all out of yourself. And yes. that ultimately isn't going to accomplish what God wants. Yeah. And that's depopulating hell and populating heaven. Yeah. Mm. I uh, I was looking at your notes and I was reminded. I think maybe my favorite, um, say, span of your message, and that was between um, the point relationship with God leads to trust and obedience, and then spiritual growth requires discomfort and suffering. And I don't know if anyone else in the uh, listening to your message was like, yeah trust and obedience. And then just a couple minutes later, you're like, it's going to also require discomfort and suffering. <laughs> you're like, that was a real bait and switch, Scott. All right. <laughs> I was, I was nodding my head. Yes. And then I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting, right? That you could have put the pain and suffering, right. And then flipped over to the happy, like, here's the, you know, the end of the trail, you're seeing the view of the mountains and the in the water, like it was all worth it, right? But I did think it was super interesting to put in there that it's going to require the discipline from yourself, but that also doesn't mean that there is going to be you know smooth sailing and mm -hmm. and an easy climb. There is still the very difficult part of of um, growing spiritually. And I think about for myself, one of the, when I was first coming to Jesus and and growing in a relationship with him, the part that freaked me out, and I think at least for me when I identify with the discomfort and suffering is as a seven on the Enneagram and my personality, I don't like the feeling of being boxed in and losing freedom and the ability to do things. And when I think about growing spiritually with Jesus, that was what really set me back from it was I can't be selfish and I can't do what I want to do. And if I feel like God's pulling me towards something, it's going to really take a toll on me. And I, I identified with that, but looking back up at your previous point, right? Obedience and trust and, and realizing that is so crucial to, um, to spiritual growth. But, um, I'm curious, why did you go in that order? Was it what you were pulling out of Hebrews or was it just the way that your brain went through this message? Um, if I recall right, I don't have it in front of me. I think that's the way the verses rolled out. I think it rolled out that way in the verses. So I just went chronologically through the verses. Yeah. And, you know, God had it written that way. So I just followed <laughs> it that way. I didn't give it much yeah. more thought than it was in yeah. the order that it was written. But I hadn't thought about it that way, um, Hayden. It's an interesting insight that I think I sit here thinking now that the core of trust and obedience comes from relationship with God. You really can trust and follow somebody else's direction if you trust them because they know yeah. they have the best intent for you along the way. Mm. However, that doesn't mean that the way they're going to lead you through is always smooth and happy. Yeah, It does mean that you can find contentment and peace in mm -hmm. it because their way is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And so for me, 
that following Jesus, anywhere I've looked in Scripture, anything I've experienced in my life has its highs, but it also has its valleys of struggles and suffering and pain and discomfort. But it's in those moments that if we allow our trust and obedience to Christ to be present, Mm -hmm. man, we have some of the deepest learnings in those darkest moments of our life. We may not feel it in there right away, but as we come out of that, there's this birthing of something that's there's something different in people that I engage with that have been through the fires. There's yeah. just something different about knowing what you know. It's this whole idea of, I don't know what I don't know. Yep. I know what I don't know. I know what I know. And now I'm learning that what I don't know, I need to know. Mm. Well, and you made a point that weakness and identifying our weakness yes. was actually a, um, integral to this whole process of becoming spiritually mature and bearing fruit that there was a identification that I can't do this or like I have some weak spots yeah. and that's where Christ is going to step in and be strong. And he, it is for his glory. Yeah. So if I were able to do all things by myself, he wouldn't need any glory. Um, mm. But anyhow, the weakness section was also really appreciated. I feel like it gave us um, permission to show show our flaws that we're all just a spiritual mess right to it out. that it's yes. like not not any one of us is perfect here no not one you know <laughs> like so in a way we're all in this together and admitting our weaknesses and you also brought up something new for me to think about which was jesus had weakness um you know fully god fully man so like as a human he was struggle busing a bit through like the Garden of Gethsemane, or he was tempted and it wasn't easy. It was a temptation that was hard or, you know, all these just being in a human yeah. body, too, is a weakness. Um, but that's not something I've spent much time thinking about. Yeah, you know, there's a lot I read. That's one part where I did dig into a little bit more just on some theology or perspectives on that. And the way the way that I landed on it is that while Jesus experienced weakness our experience of weakness often leads to sin. Jesus experienced weakness of humanity, but never fell to sin. That's what made him the perfect high priest and the perfect sacrifice. So he, he can relate and empathize with the weakness we, we, we feel and encounter, but what separates him is he didn't sin. That's why we can look to him mm. as our sacrifice. Mm. I think it's interesting in that beginning too, where it says, that's why the priest must offer sacrifices for themselves mm. first because they understand they're coming from the same place we are. Yeah. And then it says they deal gently yes. with those. I really found that interesting because that yeah. word in the Hebrews and gently yeah. doesn't mean coddling like it's okay. It's like, don't be ashamed. However, here's some correction that you're going to need to hear yeah. because I love you. Yeah, you said that was kind of like a, um, a two... Uh, there were two parts to it that was gentleness in correction, but there was a coaching attribute yeah, it's like that as well. Tough love syndrome, right? Yeah. So you're approaching somebody not from like top down, like I have no idea what it's like to be you. And shame on you. <laughs> shame and, on yeah. you. But it's more like, no, I get it. Mm. And here's how you can do, you know, do the thing. Yeah. Or, you know, rise I have up. A, a two part question for you, Scott. First question. Um, I'll try to have a two part answer. All right. I think you will. I think you will. Um, did you have any hesitancy or uh, feel 
not nervous. What's the right word? I think just hesitancy about hopping into a message that's primarily Hebrews or uses a lot of Hebrews in there. That's the the first part part of the question. Yeah. Um, Also, can you raise your mic a little bit closer? Yes. Um, I did have hesitancy when I landed in Hebrews because I'm like, this is one of the most theologically (laughs) deep, heavy books in the Bible (laughs) that I probably still learn things. And I learned things out of it. This that I have written down at home that I'm going to go back and dig into a little (laughs) bit more because I was like, if you really go into Hebrews 5, that's like almost half a semester in college theology about just the book of (laughs) Hebrews. That whole high priest thing in the order of Melchizedek, and I did not want to go down that. But what I wanted to pull out of it, I thought, that's the what I. This is what I didn't close with. I Mm. said, I want you to understand that where I just pulled this little short sermon out of is one of the meatiest parts of Scripture. Yeah, and most of us have probably never even dug through it. Nope. Because you, there's verses in there we didn't talk about that will challenge your beliefs and faith. That if you don't understand things. Mm So part of the irony, I thought, was that we ended on that meat. And I wanted to bring it back to, we're in one of the meatiest books of the Bible. If you want yeah. to start digging into it, go. Yeah. Because we have danced around the perimeter a lot in our Christian life of things we're confident and know about. Yeah. And we don't walk into things we're not confident about or we think we've been taught right and dig into it more to yeah. find out, what am I learning? So, yeah, I did have some hesitancy. I was nervous a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot in there. <laughs> and the second part of that question is um, you you got into, uh, I don't know how to name this the best, but we'll call it the cereal for breakfast part of your message, which was the end of it. Go ahead, Allison. You I have say such strong feelings I know, about yeah. the section. <laughs> I do. I background, like cereal. Background. <laughs> how we start the podcast is I, I get a sound check from everybody. And when you say, hey, can you... Can you talk in your microphone? No one knows what to say. And so I've just started saying, hey, Scott, Allison, Brian, Cliff, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? And they proceed to tell me what they have for breakfast while I'm adjusting the sound. And Allison, every morning, eats what for breakfast? (laughs) Well, I have a pot of coffee. Yes. And I snack on dry cereal. So Allison is a cereal, cereal eater. I am a cereal, cereal eater. So that comes up in the message. I looked over at you. I don't think we made eye contact, but I'm like, oh, oh here I we was go. outraged. This I is was, podcast I material. Like I my- saw her. She yeah. dropped her Bible on the ground and John had to hold her in her seat. She right, walked out. Storm out of here. I've got, you know, I'm not going to take this from you. She rushed the stage like a batter going to the mound. Rush. Yeah. She actually was throwing her little Cheerios at me from the back of the room like a child in the back yeah. seat Stop throwing it. a fit. Stop. You have all the things he was saying, yeah. like we need meat yeah. to grow and, you know, it, there's no time anymore for the cereal, yep. basically. We're not going to grow if we eat just cereal. Mm-hmm. So there was like way too much shade. I texted the Arbor team too on our, our staff thread <laughs> yeah. and was like, what is he saying? Yeah. So, what is so anyhow. bad about cereal? Well, so the, the second part of the, the question is I'm assuming you probably had to leave a lot out once you got to that section. Is there anything that I know that we could talk for probably another hour about where you were preaching in, in the scripture, but was there anything in the whole, um, meat versus milk, cereal for breakfast kind of conversation that you just said, I don't have time for this, um, but it is really good, so I want to include a little bit of it. Um, 
Yeah, that was the point that I looked up and I think I saw the time on the back screen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Once again, Scott's been talking for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're right. I had to wrap things up more quickly than I wanted. I wish I had my notes here because I think what I wanted to highlight in that section was while these are the spirits, the spirit of what we should have in our hearts of growing and understand and being willing to do and walk through with Christ, there is a responsibility in us as believers. And Paul was pretty direct about you ought to be teachers by now. And I wanted to mm. emphasize that a little bit more about, look, I have invested in you. I have poured in you. I have taught in you. I've paved the way for you to grow and mature. And yet you're back here. He actually says, I can only give you milk like a child. Mm. And he says this several times. Like he says, put away childish things. This whole idea of Paul is like, it's time to grow in your faith. Why? So you can teach. What does teach do? It trains others to become disciples, to follow Jesus. And that's what Paul was about. And I think we get complacent in our Sunday school knowledge of the scripture. Mm. And people have sustained a life of Christianity on their Sunday school knowledge of the scripture. And they've lived on that for a long time. And they think that is what it means to be healthy in Christ. And what I see when I look at growing spiritually and when Paul talks about meat, you better have the meat in your life because you're going to hit times where you're not getting nourished from God like you want to. Or you or expect need to. to. Or need to. Need to. And then he talks about in Hebrews 6, those that fall away. Now, yeah. we're not going to get into that right there, Aiden, because that's a whole <laughs> theological yeah. conversation. But he does say, so you don't fall away. Mm -hmm. Because Paul is preaching from, if you believe Paul is the author, whoever the author are, is, is writing and preaching from a point of, we've all, the church is not even 100 years old. And I can tell you all those that have fled and walked away already. Mm. Because the way is not going to be pleasant at times. And if you're not nourished in the deep truths of who God is, leading to deep relationship and trust, you're not going to last. Mm -hmm. And if you do last, you're just an infant that really can't do much to expand the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, that sounded a lot more harsh than I wanted to be, but <laughs> that I, maybe it's good I didn't end the sermon that heavy yeah. because I feel heavy now, but mm -hmm. that's a passion in me that drives me is like, are you still munching on cereal over here when God's got more things for you to do? I'm going to overlook that, <laughs> yeah. but let me ask a follow-up question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. But isn't it interesting how you, I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, I can a little bit more identify with Jesus. You know how he always got kind of hot after the Pharisees? Like, you should know better right. by now. Mm -hmm. And yet, He's so gentle with like new new believers and those who don't really know anything yet. You know, um, I feel like I'm more impatient with believers who have walked with the Lord for yes. a very long time, and I know they know better. And so, in a way, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you relate to that at I all? I totally relate to, it, and I think that's kind of what Paul's exasperation was here. Is that I've been teaching new things. I'm writing new things. Yeah. I keep saying Paul. Everybody disagrees that Paul's the author. I apologize. Mm -hmm. right. the, author the author is to a point where it's like, just what you said, let's continue to grow. Don't stop with what you've learned so far. Yeah. Continue to grow and mm -hmm. dig into the Word of God and seek God. And at that time, they didn't even have the Scriptures. Right. Yeah. Right. So he's saying more so right. get to, that's what I wanted to say in there. The meat that he's talking about is the deep relationship with God. What are you allowing God to reveal in you mm. 
and building you and nourishing you that can be useful to him to truly love the world. Yeah. But mm-hmm. no, another school thing popped in my head when I was talking to some students the other day. Yeah. Um, one of the kids looked at me and goes, Why are you, why are you feels, why does it feel like you're more upset with me than him? I go, This is his first year at the school. You've yes. been with me since kindergarten. Yes. And the other kid goes, Yeah, we've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Exactly. I've been saying this to you little lovely knucklehead since kindergarten. This poor kid's sitting here shell-shocked like, this is my first time ever meeting the principal. We're getting in trouble. <laughs> poor kid. Now what happens? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel like that's so relatable. And, um, yeah, I yeah, I, I can't really share the story that happened recently, but there was a story here at Arbor that I just was frustrated with because mm. a couple of the believers who've been with me for almost five years now um, missed something that I thought was a softball, you know? Yeah. And anyhow, I, I felt like so disappointed on a level that was frustrated, kind of like, forget it, I quit, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Just because I was like, if they don't get it after this long, will they ever get it? So yeah. circle back that around to who the key topic, the key person is in that past is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Did he not say that to his disciples at times? Yeah. yeah. And yet you go back up to the very beginning of Hebrews 5, weakness, high priest, knows where they're coming from, gentle in his response. So even though the author is saying that, he still understands the perspective of what's happening and finds a way to come back. The Spirit, God, Jesus, find a way to come back in their lives and keep pushing. So like, I I know probably everybody gets sick of my school analogies. It's just the world (laughs) I live in. So that group of boys that had to get talked to and things went sideways and the new student, I felt this like, heaviness in me that, that poor kid brand new trying to make friends so i went back up this after that afternoon and i grabbed the boys that i'd known since kindergarten and i grabbed the two new students and i said hey at two o'clock um i mean at three o'clock your teacher's gonna let you out early i said guys we're gonna have an uno war again down in my office and they're like <laughs> yes and the two kids were like what so at three o'clock they came into the conference room we sat down we played uno with the way we play uno is like this battle uno royale yeah by the end of it, those two new students <laughs> had this context of, oh, he's like tough on us, but man, he 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 had fun with us, and they cleaned it all up, and they're walking on like, don't forget, I love you guys. Mm. And one or two of the kids turned around and said, love you, Mr. H, and they walked out. Now, I don't share that to put me on some pedestal because mm. I mess up every day and frustrate the kids, but I think the picture is... I've taught you for a long time. I've invested a lot of energy in you. You should know better. Let's now show what is possible. Show a picture of what the relationship can be like that we have here with, you know, at Spirit Ridge. And so that's a very weak analogy of what I think God wants us to do. But it gives a picture of like, hey, we're okay now. Yes. Like the thing that we had before that was so like heightened and, you know, hard now is no longer but i'm still gonna expect you to grow and do better for sure Mm. yeah for sure but you're not like angry at them and not forgiving them and yeah it's a continual call of correction and restoration and rebuke and correction and restoration and growing so Mm. you're saying i shouldn't quit don't quit you you can keep eating your honey nut cheerios as long as you're sustaining honey bunches of oh honey honey bunches of oats that's even more bizarre (laughs) but that sure explains a lot i know like hopped up on honey when i get here so all right well we have been chatting for over a half an hour now so we should wrap things up um 
any anything else you guys want to get in before we close it out? I love doing this podcast. I missed it. It's always fun. It's so much always fun. good laughs. It's a lot of fun. Well, thank you guys for joining us, uh, whether you are watching or listening, and we will see you guys next time.